Greetings, my nerds, and welcome to the Northwest Nerd Podcast, where we cover pop culture, science, and technology with a Pacific Northwest focus. But for the next five episodes, we will be talking exclusively about the final season of Game of Thrones. My name is Nick Jarin. And I am dire Giants Bane Oxley. On today's episode, we are joined by Ben Lewis, the bass player for the Hoot Hoots, the band who let us use this wonderful song that you can hear right now as our theme song. He is also the co-host of the podcast Trash Food for Garbage People, so you know I'm going to ask him about Tormund's milk story later. And also, just a real quick side note here, at the end of this episode, we are going to include a special segment. Nick and I went on Cairo Nights with G. Scott and Aaron Mason to talk about Avengers Endgame, which is out this week kind of talking about why it's so hyped and why some people do not really care about all that hype. So stay tuned after the Game of Thrones talk and hear that. But there is a battle looming. Let's waste no time. Valar Podcastus. All men must podcast. Ooh, that music can only mean one thing. It means that winter is nerding. And that means we need some help this week to discuss episode two, season eight. Joining us to help us do that is Ben Lewis, bass player for the Hoot Hoots, co-host of the Trash Food for Garbage People podcast. Ben, thank you for being here. Yo, thanks for having me. For the uninitiated. So excited. Uh, the Hoot Hoots are the theme song for Northwest Nerd. Yeah, they're that band we keep on mentioning yeah. every episode. So, which part of the whoa are you? Uh, I'm the whoa. Oh, okay. I'm that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That one. Yeah. Totally pick that out. Oh, you, can, you can hear so, it, right? Yeah. So, Ben, uh, you were kind enough to, to, to put in the time to come join us because you are actually not a Game of Thrones head. This is just the second episode that you've ever seen. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. So what's I'm the unicorn. I'm the guy who's never seen it before. I've always kind of wondered what you all look like, to be honest. It's me, <laughs> flesh. When when Nick Witness pitched this to glory. me, when Nick pitched this to me a while ago, I said I want one or two episodes or something where we can just have that one friend everybody has that has not watched Game of Thrones and just gets pissed when everybody's talking about it. Yeah, when I'm throwing around titles and mm-hmm. like weird words <laughs> exactly. and names for things, and they're like, "Dude, that doesn't make any sense." And Ben, that gets to be you. Yeah. So okay. yeah. Like I, I'm a huge nerd. I love me some Star Wars. I love mm-hmm. me some Doctor Who. I love. I watch all the Marvel movies. And Game of Thrones came out, and I was like, "All right, I'm more of a sci-fi guy than a, <laughs> yeah, than a fantasy that. guy." But maybe I'll give this a shot. Watch the first episode. Sean Bean died right away, and I was like, "Sean Bean's the best." <laughs> a brother and sister <laughs> are totally like boning nine. each other, which is super nasty. And yeah. I was like, you know what? I just don't need I don't need another thing to be crazy about. Well, right, since I got enough already. <laughs> since you left, they added a aunt and nephew uh getting it on. So. Oh wow. So sad I missed that. Yeah. One. yeah. yeah. Although they didn't know yeah. until this episode, actually. Oh, it's just like an, an Enipus type of thing. No, both of them didn't know. Until last episode, well, John found out, and then this episode, John told Danny that they're related. Oh, is that what the relation was? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know what the relation was. Yeah. I, That's why I was I thinking. I watched the episode and they were like, yeah. oh, they're related to each other in some way. As Nick they is have about. the same last name. I, I mean, know. as Nick is about to explain in the recap, 
I was thinking this is either the best episode for you to come in on or the worst episode for you to come in on just because it's a very particular type of episode. Yeah. So yeah. Nick, yeah, it, was wanna... very, it was a very talky episode. There was a lot going on. I was excited that there was some food and some drink that happened in this one because I want to ask true. you uh, a couple questions about that in a second. But up first, let's recap quickly just what happened in this episode. So it opens up uh, with Jamie Lannister's trial in front of the uh, basically the tribunal who leads the forces up north, uh, Danny, John, and Sansa all sitting there. And Jamie ends up coming out alive through this thing because Brienne stands up, vouches for him. Um, Jamie like looked like he was about to be brought to tears by what was happening in that scene. So he he gets to join the uh, the army for the living. Uh, right after that, Tyrion nearly gets fired because he's just been really terrible at his job lately. Uh, Jorah and Sansa both vouch for him to Danny, and it was it was kind of strange to watch because it was one of those uh, one of those scenes where people are directly characterizing somebody else, which always feels kind of strange, but it was still a wonderfully written episode. Uh, after that, Daenerys tries to make peace with Sansa. Sansa's been ice cold towards her, and they start to make some headway, but then Sansa asks about what's going to happen to the North after the war is over, and basically like saved by the bell, that conversation ends before it's really gotten to the juicy part. After that, uh, Theon arrives. I don't think anybody's excited about that. The Night's Watch, Tormund, and Beric Dondarrion arrive from the last hearth where they saw uh, young Ned Umber die just a really terrible death. Two times, actually. Tormund gives his origin story during the, uh, the fireside chat, and he tells people why he is called Tormund Giant's Bane. Uh, some very colorful, tasty details in that story, and uh, we'll get to, we'll get to that a little bit more in a bit. Brienne got knighted by Jamie, which was hands down the best scene in the entire thing for me. Uh, we also had Arya and Gendry flirting by the forge, and then uh, taking a literal roll in the hay. Uh, Sam, Dolorous Ed, John, and Ghost, Ghost sighting uh, on top of the wall. Got to have a. Uh, Kind of a brotherly breakdown together. We also got the War Council, which I needed a little bit more time with. I needed to see everybody who was at that table. We found out what the Night King wants, which is to kill Bran. So officially the plan now is put Bran out as bait in the Godswood. John and Danny will be on the dragons nearby. Theon and the Ironborn will be in the Godswood with Bran guarding him. Hopefully the Night King takes the bait and exposes himself and they can blast him with dragon fire, which may or may not kill him. Elsewhere around Winterfell, Grey Worm and Missandei made plans to go to Narth after the war is over and Danny has taken the Iron Throne, so you know at least 50% of that relationship is going to die. Jorah got put in his place by Lady Lyanna Mormont, but he also received a new Valyrian steel sword from Sam, got Heartsbane, the, uh, the House Tarly Valyrian steel weapon. And finally, Jon told Danny his real name and parentage, and that was another situation where... Danny's reaction to everything was cut off, like almost literally saved by the bell, except it was a horn, and they had to go uh, see the White Walkers approaching. That's what happened in this episode. Who died? No one. No, no one, one died. died this episode. That we know of. Yeah, so let's get to a couple of our uh, categories that we got here. Should we start with... Um, let's, start with let's start with I'm Not Crying, You're Crying, because yeah. it was my favorite scene of the week. Okay, we did. Did you tear up at a scene? I did. According to my therapist, I am not physically capable of crying, so <laughs> I, I didn't. I don't actually have a scene. A tear duct I do therapist? have a scene that I think it was powerful. Yeah. in a way. 
Um, and I think it or awkward or powerful, however you're gonna ever, ever view it. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, what was what was your scene? I had two. Um, one actually did make me tear up, which is that like that never happens to me. I'm not someone who cries at movies, but this is something that uh, was incredibly impactful and really powerful to me. It was when uh, Brienne got knighted by Jamie mm. okay. uh, in the hall in Winterfell, and it just it just meant so much to her. And to, like to see Gwendolyn Christie uh, smiling like that, like almost yeah. like she's never smiled like that before in her life was just that that was a lasting moment right there it was great it was it was the scene of the episode to me does any of this make sense to you ben as you were kind of giggling and figuring he's going uh you know pain and dragon fire and you're like what i mean the recap helped in that every once in a while you would name normal objects (laughs) <laughs> that I recognized I'm like in the like in the sword in the wood and you're like oh the that must have been called the god's wood I had no idea yeah the mm. big white trees you like list groups yeah. of people doing things and would recognize the actions and you're like oh that's what those groups of people must be and I did like that scene but I found it honestly disconcerting watching captain phasma smile like that <laughs> it was weird that's true, but we me. never really do. We see her face at all in in the Star Wars movies. No, I, that's just what I know. Gwendolyn so, right. Christie. Yes. I think you only see like one. I'm going to call almost everybody yeah. by nicknames. Cool. All right, just, that sounds. Perfect. Yeah, no, so I'm know. good with that because everyone in that world has nicknames anyway. Yeah, I'm going to make it worse. <laughs> let's let's that's make it worse. My plan. So I had I had one more. Uh, I'm not crying. You're crying. Scene. But what did you have, Dyer? Well, I think the one. This is going to be uh, highly uh, debatable uh, among. Uh, few people but I feel like Arya is always going to be the little kid to a lot of people and I think the ultimate thing to like aside from the fact that she has killed people which I think people just thought was probably creepy and that she's got a bunch of scars and stuff is she actually takes quite a bit of agency here and you know the the moment where she basically loses her virginity um, it's it's this moment where I think people would kind of think of people in their own life and go oh someone's like a, this is an adult person now and, and that, you know, and I think other people though are going to have like the parent thing where they're like, I just saw this person yesterday and I still feel like they're eight years old or something like that. Yeah. I think Arya has always been that person for everybody. And I don't think there's any question now that uh, she is probably just, I don't know. You can't separate her from the other, you know, adults. And so it sounds weird to say that because she has killed so many people. She's, she's right? done a <laughs> lot of murdering. Exactly. But if that doesn't make you an adult. I don't like, I don't know what does. But the thing she's is, pretty seasoned at it. The other side of Shit, that, though, is this is, all. <laughs> this is a very human thing, a moment, you know, mm. as opposed to like slitting people's throats and stuff like that. This is a more human side, I think, of becoming an adult. And I think that's probably the thing that makes it a little bit more impactful. Um, you know, she kills people. I think that's creepy. This is a little bit more like, oh, okay. That was probably the most poignant moment because I feel like this episode in its entirety is mostly a statement, maybe just even for the fans to say, this is where all these characters have developed. This is where we have come. And we're going to visit each character and explain why, you know, whether that's Theon or whether that's Arya, whether that's Johnson, like who, who, no matter who it is, this is where we've come. You know, we we start at the like the very beginning, like flashback scene, which is you probably saw in the pilot of uh, Jamie pushing Bran out of a window. Yep. You know, and then in I this, I remember that scene from the pilot, but I did recap <laughs> okay. it. It's the last scene. Yeah. yeah. Um, he just pushes him out of a window, and that's why he's paralyzed. Right. Uh, and now he comes back, and he's a different person. I feel like that's what this show really was. Okay. Can I ask what's up with uh, like? 
window kid. Yeah. Oh wow. Uh, so so apparently <laughs> he knows everything in the world. He's been a young kid forever or something, and he's in a wheelchair. Which uh, props to them for making a wheelchair in the dark ages. Because yeah. well, the know, short answer to technology. that is because he got pushed I was out say, of a window and. Usually yeah. that doesn't give you superpowers. No, Nick, would you like to explain the, the three-eyed the raven thing? Part I can, I can, uh, I can elaborate on. So Bran is now the three-eyed raven, which is this. Um, Sorry, go on. This character, no, it's completely ridiculous. <laughs> um, is this character within the lore um, who can connect to basically like the Wi-Fi. the big white trees, the weirwood trees? Mm. He connects to those and can see through the faces on those and see things through their entire past. These are trees that have been on this continent since like the beginning. So he can see some things uh, that happened tens of thousands of years ago. Um, and he's able to do this at a level and to, uh, um, to a proficiency much stronger than past three eyed Ravens. Hmm. Um, like the one who trained him in a season that you did not watch. Um, but that's, that's kind of the short version. Like the long version is he's been building this power over time and, and honing it. But now he's got so many memories in his head that he's kind of divorced from his own personal identity because what are we, if not just the collection of our own experiences, he doesn't have that anymore. He's he's like everything to kind of bring that full circle. A good example is we told you that, um, John and Daenerys are related. She's his aunt. They didn't really know that. Right. Bran, through going back in time, through that psychic Wi-Fi that you mentioned. Yeah, psychic Wi-Fi is such a good name for it. <laughs> psychic Wi-Fi, good band also name. Also band um, name, yeah, yeah. It <laughs> was able to kind of go back into the past. And, you know, it's kind of like he can view the past. Nobody can see him. Um, kind of like Alan Quantum Leap, reference to another episode. Um, <laughs> he kind of goes back in time and is able to see stuff. He was able to see what really happened and where John came from mm. and bring that knowledge to the future. Right. Yeah. So that's what's going on with the guy in the wheelchair. Okay. Yeah. And, and side effect, super weird about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like his his affect just isn't right anymore. Right. And he doesn't only, know how to interact with people. There's anymore. only one of these dudes at a time? Yes. Birds. Yeah, pretty much. That's actually, I didn't actually realize because, so, okay, so there is only one at a time? As far as we was, can tell, yeah. Okay. Because the other three-eyed raven, uh, Brendan Rivers, okay. who was, grown into that tree up north right. is the one who trained Bran and he's like now you're the three-eyed raven okay I didn't Always I did not realize that <laughs> exactly this is why it's always good to have Nick Rack it's not only <laughs> has he he's he, he uh, not only watches the shows much more intently than I do I'm just all like sword fights and, <laughs> <laughs> but Nick's read the books he he's read the reddits you know, he's, yeah, right. he goes online, he goes into it. I consume all the content. Uh, I had one more uh, I'm not crying, you're crying okay. scene. So if you remember back to, I think it was season five, when Stannis um, makes his last ditch effort to try to win the war um, as he marches on Winterfell, Melisandre convinces him that sacrificing his own daughter because she has royal blood will give them the the, the zhuzh that they need in order to win at Winterfell. Is this the gruel scene? Yeah, it's the gruel scene. So there's this girl who gets into the soup line where uh, Sir Davos is pouring out some some bowls of brown, uh, as they call it in Flea Bottom. And this girl comes up and she looks, she has a striking resemblance to Shireen, uh, who was a very important person to Davos. She was basically like the only person who was kind to him 
mm-hmm. the Baratheon family. She taught him how to read. Like he wouldn't be where he is now if if they hadn't crossed paths. They had a great bond. Um, and the other person in that scene, Gilly, also learned how to read from Shireen. So seeing these two characters, like, interact with this ghost basically was just you. F- you felt the weight of how long we've been in this narrative and just how much pain yeah. all of these characters have gone through. That is a good callback to great how long we have been to because I was kind of wondering if that's what they were doing with it, but it was kind of subtle, you know? I, I didn't think it was that subtle. I It was subtle enough for me to go, like, are they trying to, like, you know, because it's a scarred-faced girl, you know, yeah. back in the day, but, you know. I don't know. Okay, so back maybe... in the day, like they all had scars back then. They all had their half their face burned. Back in the day, you did not have neosporin. Yes, you had a lot more scars going on, but that's neither here nor there. Okay, I just, you know, for me, I was just kind of wondering, you know, because it was him. You know, yeah. is that exactly what they're shooting? for? I mean, there was a certain amount of projection as well. Right. Like he was seeing probably more of Shireen than we were. You know. Right. Can I just say, in that scene and several scenes around it, the waif budget for this episode must have been huge there was just like starving impish waifs with dirt on their faces everywhere mm-hmm. yeah i imagine that's kind of a, a how blanket do you find casting that call many like sad starving looking children i think these ones were filmed in belfast so i, I don't know yeah. where they're sourcing oh. them <laughs> i didn't want to say ireland but yeah that's where they they you just go hijack they, a school yeah. bus and just exactly Everybody this, get dirt on your faces and put on this weird jacket. Just rub some yeah. dirt on them. Yes. Um, you get gruel today. So this actually leads beautifully into the uh, the Trash Food for Nerd People uh, mini segment I wanted to do. So Go I wanted on. to ask you, There's two. There's two. there were two main forms of sustenance that we saw in this. I'm not going to count the wine yet. Right. You have the, uh, the bowls of, of brown soup that mm-hmm. Davos was doling out. And then you also had Tormund's just beautiful tale. About giant's milk. Right. So I ask you, as as the, the expert here <laughs> yeah. on trash food, which of those would you rather drink, the soup or the giant's milk? Uh, I've had bad soup. <laughs> I've, I've so had you're going plenty giant's of milk. bad soup. Yeah, you're going to think I'm going to turn down the this option. This will be remarkable. <laughs> for suckling at a giant's teeth? <laughs> <laughs> you think... You think if that's presented to me, I'm going to like, no, that's an experience I don't want to have had in my life. It'd be a great song afterwards. Right? Also, can I just say- Psychic Wi-Fi's first song, (laughs) Suckle the Giant Teeth. (laughs) Be a great album cover, too. (laughs) That was probably one of my favorite (laughs) points of the entire show, because it was this story- Like, no one even asked Tormund. No. He just went off. No, not only did he just went off, he just stops, like, at the end of a cliff. And he's like, and that's why I'm so big. And everybody's just kind of like, uh. <laughs> The reaction shots are magnificent. Like, yeah. Brienne and Jamie clearly don't know what to do with this guy. Yeah. And Jamie in particular. So, so Jamie's incredibly famous in this world. Right. And he's known as the Kingslayer. Tormund walks up and he's like, you're the king killer, right? And I thought that Jamie was going to correct him, maybe. But he's like, not exactly. Close enough. It's not also, a particularly flattering nickname. I just to love have, the world like, you live in, where you're, where you're just trying to have a pissing match of sorts with somebody and be like, "Oh, you kill the king? Uh huh. I suckled at a giant's teeth. <laughs> what do you say to that? Oh man, yeah, yeah. Well, wild. A dragon pooped on me one time. <laughs> How's that going? Yeah, 
Just like, just given the amount that they eat, that had to have happened to some of the people around yeah. Winterfell, right? Think about like birds poop on people all yeah. the time. Dragons probably do it in that? the in the sky as well, and probably it would straight up kill you. You know, if a bird poops on you and That's it's good, good luck, point. if a dragon poops on you, is that just like you're set for life? No, I think you're dead. Wait, uh, what? If a bird poops on you, that's good luck? People have told me if a bird poops on you. First of all, people have told me that if a bird poops on you, it's good luck. I think those people are trying to explain away the embarrassment they had when a bird pooped on them. I was going to say, did you get bird no. poop on you? And that's no. why you've heard this so many times. No, no, okay. I doth protest The thing much. about no. people who tell you that a bird pooping on you is good luck <laughs> is that they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say. Yeah. When I was around, uh, I don't know, probably around five, I was at a zoo and a bird did poop on my hat and people tried to tell me it was good luck, but I thought people were just messing with me because <laughs> I was clearly an inconsolable five-year-old who didn't want bird poop on his hat. I just did a real, real quick, just I'm not going to click on any of these, but just Google, you know, bird pooping head, good luck. Um, there are numerous no, articles through. of why bird poop is a sign of hope. Uh, it's really good luck, yada yada yada. So it's it's a it's among a, a variety wow. of superstitions. So many people are I mean, wrong. It's yeah, I feel like crazy. these people don't live in port towns then, because the <laughs> yeah. seagulls are a, a whole situation anywhere yeah. near the water. Like, wow, real lucky. Just the whole town. Just the whole. Town. You would not believe how lucky my car is. <laughs> it's just so it never breaks down. It's wildly lucky. Never broken down once. It's so lucky. Uh, I also wanted to ask you, uh, as a, as our resident food expert for this oh, episode. Uh, what what do you think of uh, the shots at the wine? Um, do you like wine? What do you look for in a good wine? Wh- why do you think they would be saying that about the wine? That it's no good, even though they finished it. Right. Uh, he did say it's fine. It's not good, but it's fine. Mm. Uh, which is my feelings about every wine I've ever tried. That's, if it's wine, it's fine. Like, I'm fine with it. I have... No opinion on wine because it would be insulting of me to try because I just don't know anything about it. Like, it's, it's some of it's red, it's fair. Some of it's white. Some of it's sort of this pinkish color. Mm-hmm. Uh, Those are rosettes. The show, the the wine in this particular show appeared to be black, but that's because everything in this show is black. It's a very it's underlit show. It was incredibly difficult to see anything yeah. at all. I had to change the settings on my TV. Same. To tell yeah. whose face was attached to whose body. Uh, <laughs> there were some shots of the wine, but all I could see was. A black cup being filled blackly with black liquid, and uh, a like, cup darkly. Yeah, this is interesting because both times we've been on trash food, you have fed us beer. Yes, which um, which I got to say, this is yeah, uh, just just Good a beers, side too. side note. How Star how Trek trash food beer. works is that they say, oh hey, come with an empty stomach because we're gonna load up on food, but first <laughs> here's some beer. Yes, and then we'll just stomach. see how it works. And then by the end of it. Dyer embarrassingly starts making jokes about ice cream that uh, are are a little more adult-oriented than we're used to. Exactly. That's yeah. the whole point of the show. <laughs> <laughs> we're there to make goofs, and uh, you want to get loose for the goofs to flow. You, you know? Okay. You got goofs. It's just uh, goof-loosening juice. I do want to say for the wine, um, if you are going to have an alcoholic beverage before a day that you are you know, supposedly going to die or go to battle. I mean, uh, at the very least, you got to get up to some physical activity the next day. Yeah, red wine is one of the worst options yeah. that you can do. I think it's going to give you a headache. It, oh, you're you're guaranteed a hangover with red wine. Mm. I mean, red, red wine is is just a straight like it's the express lane to a hangover. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, they were not drinking much water in that scene either. No, I mean, but no, I was they really were in a medieval esque type realm. I mean, we've got a variety. I'm sure mead's got to be there. There's got to be some kind. Well, I mean, of, provisions you know, are tight. They're feeding like tens of thousands of people out of winter. But I mean, if they're gonna die the next day, it's probably because you were just too hungover to swing your sword. I mean, that's but probably what probably at. everybody in one of those battles is hungover. Although yeah. everyone else is made of ice and has like unicorn horns for swords, so I don't know what what's up with those dudes. <laughs> Sadly, oh, the, no unicorns yet in the show. So, yeah, no. Yeah. no but he had like a unicorn icicle thing for a sword, like the one white walker. Yeah, that, like that really show. long uh, spear type thing. Yeah. You should have seen what they did with those last season. They took down a dragon. I probably won't, but okay. I mean, yeah. But you should have. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> they now have a dragon. The dead now have a dragon. Uh, yeah, there's a dead yeah, dragon. So Undead. I thought this show wasn't The Walking Dead, but it appears to be The Walking Dead. Because there's like a bunch of people who are like kind of like trying to kill each other who Mm -hmm. are teamed up, Mm -hmm. walled into a place, starving and about to be surrounded by hordes of the dead. It's pretty much The Walking Dead. So, But I've already seen that show and there weren't as many dragons in it. So I'm pretty confused. (laughs) So what you're saying is The Walking Dead needed dragons. Uh, I wouldn't have said no. I to probably a would have watched yeah. more of that show if it had dragons. Here's the cliff notes on that. There's the uh, and Nick, correct me whenever I screw this up. You got it. There is the Night King, who and there's a few more like him, right? The White Walkers, essentially, mm-hmm. correct? Okay. Uh, and then there's the Dead, which they raise, and that's their army. They mm-hmm. are not the same, but they are essentially like a um army of the Dead for for them. And that's yeah. kind of that's that's the big bad in okay. this show. They haven't shown up as much in the show until the last season or so. That's when we really got battles with them. Like, Yeah, they kind of pop up every once in a while right. just to remind people, that, like, hey, this looming threat is out there. Right. Like, Hard Home, I think, was in, like, season five. Right. Winter is coming. That's the whole thing. They're, they're yeah. coming. And now we've led up to this whole thing in this show that everybody, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what your angle is to lead all the realms to get to the throne, you've got to put that on pause because if we're all dead, we don't even get to compete for the throne. So that's right. where they're at. Yeah, and okay, like so the premise of sorry. No, go for it. The premise of the first episode, which is the other episode I've seen, is <laughs> yes. they're right at the border of the north. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. great big army of snow zombies is about to like crack through this wall. And so eight seasons have happened and they they're right at the edge of the north. <laughs> And yeah. this big army of snow zombies is about to crack. Has anything happened in this show? <laughs> they, they, got a the, dragon. they got through the wall. Yeah. Okay. They got through the wall. So it's, I mean, it's cold up there. They move at a glacial you know, pace. It would have. Yeah. It. They could have shown them removing a brick a day <laughs> in real time and gotten here faster. Is so all I'm. That's all I'm saying. What's mainly happened is there has been the battle for the throne. Different people have garnered power. Different right. people have lost power. That's essentially what we've been watching. But there's this other stuff that has been going. So they have an essentially, north, north of the wall, there are humans living there. They don't want to be part of the seven realms, right? Right. And they're called the wildlings. And so they've been dealing with this whole threat up there and trying to get down south of the wall. So there has been that drama unfolding as well. I see. So, was that where Jon Snow used to be? He was at, so he was like at the wall. like half an episode like where he was up. He was on the Night's Watch. In some cold place, like, yeah. banging some lady in a cave. That was beyond the wall, yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. No one's done. <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> that was me giving myself a high five. Um, oh, also on the uh, the Walking Dead thing, um, the the undead in this show aren't 
necessarily zombies in the in the pop cultural way that we usually think about them, like eating brains or like right. being right. compelled to eat people and then turn them. Um, yeah, because they can ride horses. That difference, along with uh, they're most they're more like magically compelled dead bodies that are just like up and can fight right. you or kill you, but aren't necessarily out there doing their own thing. Uh, so yeah. this is Army of Darkness. Yeah, it's kind of closer. To it's Army kind of, of along those lines. Yeah. yeah. They already made Army of Darkness, and it was yeah. like this one's less two hours funny. tops. Yeah, way less Bruce Campbell. Also, I know why. Why even Wouldn't do it? Would be great at the end of this show? Bruce Campbell really is just the Night King. And... Like, this is my boomstick, and he's got his like swirly sword <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that would be great. Perfect. Okay, let's remind let's a... remind the, that little point of information to come back when we have reckless speculation. Which point? Uh, that we're the talking Bruce Campbell about. one. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. I'll. <laughs> You know, I'll write that down right now so I don't forget. <laughs> uh, let's get to the uh, the payoff of the week. I'll go first because I think it's an obvious pick for me because I've said it a couple times already. Uh, Brienne getting knighted is easily the payoff of the week for me. There's just so much. There's so much character development that's gone into that, but uh, the close second place for me was finding out what the Night King wants because he's been this big bad for eight seasons, mm-hmm. and we've never found out his motivation or why. He is obsessed with the Three-Eyed Raven, and Bran finally explained it this episode as basically the Three-Eyed Raven is the memory of the world, and the Night King wants to hit the reset button on everything, and part of that would have to include erasing all memory and all history, which is why he's so keen on killing the Three-Eyed Raven. That's essentially mine as well, the, the, the basically preparing for battle. You know, They're in yeah. that room. That was, I think... That and the sitting around the fire moments yeah. were probably the most, and you know, you, you mentioned the whole, you know, being knighted there. So, um, but yeah, I think the battle stuff when he actually shows his arm, has put his mark on me, he always knows where I'm at, I should be next to the tree. That stuff I think explained more. And if like you're going to watch something in this episode, like that is what you need to know for the next one's coming up. Mm. Yeah. So that was, that was a big payoff for me. The rest of it I felt like was, hey, fans, you know, we've been waiting for this a while. Come hang out with your characters that you've been really into. See where they've come, and you know, see if they're going to kill each other or not. And uh, yeah, and then we'll move that, that's what I felt like the rest of the show was that that battle prep was kind of that was the uh, that was the you know the nugget of information everybody needs. Yeah, this episode just because it didn't really push much plot forward or foreshadow, um, other than a lot of character deaths, uh, and that the fact that the crypts are definitely not safe. I don't know how many times in this episode they're like, yeah, you should be in the crypts. That's the safest place. Super safe down there. That's where you should be. You can't fight. Go to the crypts. Yep. Just go to the crypts. It's safe. Definitely not safe. It's going to be bad. So are we to reckless (laughs) speculation yet? Uh, Yeah, let's just do it. Because Throne Watch is kind of boring because nothing really. Oh, wait. Actually, John and Danny. So let's get into that. That's part of reckless speculation, though. Okay. Well, let's just do it. Okay. Throne Watch, obviously, who's going to be going towards the throne? I do believe they're going to set up this whole um, who's going to actually be on the throne, John or Danny. Yeah. I think they're going to try to split the fan base and have that be a big debate. Mm. Who's actually going to earn it, you know? Because in one respect, if John gets the throne, Mr. Reluctant Hero, I don't want to be a king. He's a Stark. He's a Targaryen. 
he can actually maybe even unify the North and the South that way. They'll maybe accept him because, you know, like that whole scene with Sansa and Danny, she's like, we said we'd never bow to anybody else. What then? And of course they get interrupted. So there's no answer. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, Danny actually wants the throne and she's conquered half the world to do it. She's done a lot more earning for it. I think if, if you ask me, so yeah. And she reiterated just this episode that that is her, core right. drive that right. she wants the iron throne so is that you know how do i don't know i think that's going to be the big debate between people um, i don't think that that debate will last very long i think that it's basically going to be like this week maybe next week if they don't move this forward at all during the battle of winterfell but they're going to get married right they're going to get married that i mean that could be the thing too they, they could get they're married and just keep that whole you know she's my aunt a secret um the, by the way, the Stark Targaryen thing, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Did I say and that right, Targaryen. You did, yeah. Nicely done. Tight. Um, not much reaction from Danny on the finding out they're related. She was more upset that like, well, you have a better claim to the throne than me. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you telling in, me this? What's your proof? In your the, brother and your best friend, that doesn't count. <laughs> in the medieval times, <laughs> I think they had a more relaxed attitude in in the crowd of royalty. I mean, this isn't the medieval times, but yes. Well, it is, I know, it is but, more relaxed in this. World. I know. Okay. Um. The uh, here's my other thing that kind of plays into this too, because you've kind of mentioned this about we're gonna have the Battle of Winterfell and all that. Um, Game of Thrones basically does this thing; uh, it's done at least over the last few uh, seasons that we have like one or two like big, like just punch in the gut episodes, Battle of the Bastards one, right? They're they're spending these movie level budgets, millions of dollars on these episodes, and then the other episodes might seem a little bit lighter. And I feel that's one explanation for why we have this episode. It might seem a little bit lighter or check-in because it's cheaper to do that. And there's this big battle we know that we're expecting. I mean, relatively cheaper. They they completely yeah. rebuilt Winterfell because they knew that they were going to be shooting so much of it. Right. In, but for this having season. said that, they're going to have a battle there. So I have a, like they're yeah. going to need it anyway. I, I have a feeling they're going to spend their money on two things. One, the big you know movie length finale, and they're going to spend their money on this big battle scene. Yeah. I, I think that's where we're going to spend millions of dollars. You. <sighs> And so you've bit- mentioned this a couple times, and I can't remember if it was on the podcast or if we were on New Day, but like I don't see the money not being spent in this episode. This was a just beautifully rendered yeah. episode. Like I'm not the, saying the it's prop not, work is but- ridiculous. The costumes, yeah. they have a million and one extras. All of the actors are in the right. same place. They had to line up all those schedules. That's incredibly but expensive. relatively like, speaking, I'm talking about like a movie budget this was versus probably an still like a six million dollar episode of TV. Yeah, but compared to Battle of the Bastards, though. Like where you have all those horses and all those people where they're just spending all that money on that one episode. I guess. I just don't like the the terms that you're using. Like relative (laughs) isn't enough of a qualifier for me. This is an incredibly expensive show to make. I'm not saying it as an insult. Yeah. I'm not insulting their effort. It just feels really inaccurate to me. Okay. Well, (laughs) agree to disagree. I just think that what we're going to do is we're going to have two mega episodes here. One of them is the finale. And I I, I have a feeling that's going to be more about who gets the Iron Throne than anything else. Mm. And then somewhere in the middle of this season, we're probably going to deal more with and maybe even just put away the whole uh, Army of the Dead White Walker thing. you know, Or maybe not. Maybe that lingers on or whatever. But that ending thing, I have a feeling, is going to do more with who's getting that. So throne. you think that there will be some type of closure from the conflict with the Night King in this coming episode, in episode three? Or or the next two or whatever. Yeah, but I have a feeling that's going to get probably get put to bed first, mm-hmm. and then we'll get to the whole who's in the Iron Throne thing. Which, while we're talking about 
the the Army of the Dead coming, and you mentioned the Crips. Yeah. Now, why do you say that the Crips are a terrible place to be? Because everyone keeps on saying that they're a great place to be. Right. And this is this is Thrones 101. This is exactly what they do with most of their foreshadowing. Like anyone anyone making plans for after a thing that's about mm-hmm. to happen, Grey Worm, uh, they're gonna <laughs> die. Yeah. Um, anyone saying that like something is safe, it's not safe. Does anybody is, said they only have one more day the until they have to retire? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that what, it's essentially what Grey Worm just exa- said. Yeah, Grey Worm was like, we're gonna we're gonna travel, we're gonna, we're gonna sail. I'm gonna take you back to your hometown. We'll meet your parents. So, like, I'll protect he's you. He's definitely gonna. Which yeah, I'll protect. She's gonna watch him die. Yep. Yeah. Or, or okay. he's gonna die trying to protect her, and then whatever yeah. kills he's him, gonna, gonna die kill her too. Probably get turned. Ooh. And then she's gonna have to kill him. Oh no! Yeah. Dead him's gonna kill her. <gasps> oh, because he said he'd protect her. God, this is. Okay. I wasn't prepared to are we that, Are to we in wild speculation now? Yeah, I, dude, go for I've it. I've got a theory. Okay, here <laughs> go we go. Based on my vast knowledge of Game of Thrones, yes. uh, they love hating their fans. They love it. They just drink up those fan tears. Mm-hmm. So my theory here is that there's going to be a battle at Northgate. <laughs> Northgate. <laughs> yeah. At, at Winter Place, yeah. right? Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> as the king of as the king of Cold Town is going to come down and just blow the place out. It's gonna kill Bran. It's gonna kill Jon Snow probably. Uh, Dragon Friend is gonna live because she's the front runner for the throne, right? Yeah. Uh, probably gonna kill Tyrion. And the, the whole rest of the season is going to be Bruce Campbell conquering all seven kingdoms and getting to that Iron Throne. So and you think the Night King becomes... And then he's going, going back to, to his own dimension. Yeah. Wouldn't that be interesting Because the we... Iron Throne is made out of his Plymouth Duster. <laughs> that's what, Yeah, that's why he needs to get there. <laughs> Very good reference. Um, I uh, So you think that there's going to be a little bit of information that everybody learns and goes, oh... He actually deserves it. He was screwed over this whole time. No, I don't. I don't care oh. if they like spend a whole okay. bunch of time developing as a as a darling character. He's just. Gonna I'm win. saying, show up. What I know about Game of Thrones is I watched the first episode. I spend time on the internet and I watched like the scene in the Red Wedding where everybody dies. Okay. Ooh, yeah. So, and they loved doing that to people. Mm-hmm. Everybody lost their friggin' minds, and it was the biggest thing to happen in this show. Everyone was like, oh, I can't believe they killed everybody. What would be the most unsatisfying, disappointing thing to do? Kill everybody. And that the Bruce Campbell wins. <laughs> it's a, it's someone we didn't even know was on the board. Yeah. And he just like <laughs> shows up and sweeps it. He sits on the throne. It freezes under his butt. He slides off, breaks his neck, and dies. No. Everybody's dead. No, no. He I... gets on the throne. He says, "Groovy," and <laughs> scene. Can I tell you something? Listen up, like, you really wild. I think that this actually isn't that far from. Uh, I mean, substitute Bruce Campbell in for uh, a different name. The Great Other is a character that some people theorize actually lives underneath Winterfell, and that's mm. how that castle got its name. That's where Winterfell, the Night King's boss, lives underneath that castle, 
And that's why he's so obsessed with getting And to that's that why place. the crypts aren't safe. That's okay. why the crypts aren't safe. And okay. that's what he's actually coming for. He's not here to See, kill exactly. the, the, you three, the three crow guy. We're secretly guy. really on to something. I know. He's just going to dig up his boss, okay. and they're going to be like, screw the world, Ooh. and conquer that. Since we're back at the crypts, <laughs> this is the point that I've always been trying to make. And Nick, you, you let me know if I'm in correctly with the lore or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Night King raises the dead. Yeah. I don't know how fresh the dead have to be. It seems like he was able to raise those skeletons under the tree um, up north of the wall that one time pretty easily um, when they were trying to get to the tree and, you know, uh, Bran and those other oh, folks, right, right, psychic right. folks. Yeah, they were also fairly easy to beat, though, too. Yeah, well, that said... You hit them and they just, like, fell apart. Can the Night King just raise everybody in the crypt? That's what we're wondering. So in the books, all of the people who are buried under there are buried with an iron sword, sword over their... Um, over their tomb to, I think, like, lock away or, like, keep evil from rising or something like that. Okay. I can't remember the exact wording. But um, that's been happening since Winterfell existed, and it's thought that that tradition was born from something real, some type of protective magic that would keep the uh, the, the kings of winter from rising from the dead at some point. Oh, so This goes back gonna... to, like, the, the great other theory where... Maybe that was done for a reason, and maybe something happens where the Night King is able to raise all of those people, and terrible, terrible things happen down there, okay. because that's so where they stored all of the vulnerable King, people. Night King's going to fight his way to the crypt, mm-hmm. right? The people in the crypt are going to panic. They're going to look for weapons. They're going to pull the swords off of the tombs, yep. yeah. and then the Night King's going to raise all the corpses, and the corpses are going to kill all the innocent people, and it's going to be super tragic. Everybody's going to be super sad, and I will uh, giggle gladly to myself. <laughs> so, But this is interesting that you bring up the whole Great Other, and he's probably under Winterfell somewhere, yeah. or she. We don't really know what the Great Other really is, right? Yeah, let's not gender it's, it. Okay, so the the teaser that was put out first, right? I'm guessing Barney. Go on. Uh, <laughs> Let's just keep calling him Bruce Campbell. Okay. <laughs> so Bruce Campbell is down there. Bruce oh. Campbell's down there. Yeah. Um, but remember the teaser that came out that was just basically the crypt? Yeah. You know, I mean, that would explain that teaser pretty well. A lot of the promotional stuff has kind of circled around the crypt. Even some of the promotional images that came out before the season started were like Varys and Gilly looking terrified in the crypts. Mm-hmm. Um, John looking at Lyanna Stark's uh, statue in the crypts. Um, the crypts were added to the opening sequence um, with the uh, the astrolabe and the and that was added to that as well as the basement of the Red Keep. So it's unclear if like that will also be significant. Maybe but the, the crypts being added seems yeah. seems relevant. Um, can I can I quickly rattle off the peop- some mm-hmm. of the people who I think are definitely going to die next episode because okay. they have. Either either they said that they're not going to die and they were making future plans or their storyline just wrapped up and it feels like they're going to die now. Mm-hmm. So Grey Worm, obvious. There's no way Grey Worm makes it out of this thing. Uh, Jorah, I think, also dies. He just he wrapped up a lot of business this episode. Um, he got put in his place by Liana Mormont. Um, the way she calls him cousin and kind of spits it at him was pretty yeah. great. He also got that Valyrian Steel sword, which... I think I don't care if he has a magical weapon. I think at some point it ends up back in Sam's hands where it belongs. Um and there was all of that like really like closure talk with Danny where he's like, "No, I'm okay with the position that I'm in. I wanted to be your hand, but it's fine where I am." Blah blah blah. Trust Tyrion. I think Jorah's going to die. Uh Theon's going to die cuz 
that's what he came there to do, right? He, I can see that one have more some than type any of other redemption yeah. moment, but he's gonna die. Also, what is going on with Theon and Sansa? Like they're making eyes at each they, other, and it's very confusing. Uh, no, the okay. Well, the that's thing the with energy, that guy right? Is, yeah. But they're not. That's not an option. He's got for him. nothing down there. Yeah. Okay. So the also, thing- he looks distressingly like Anton Yelchin. <laughs> that's accurate. Yeah. So I was the, like, there's no way that's Anton Yelchin, but it definitely is. And Alfie was, Allen. I mean, that one I thought was is a oh, pretty poignant really moment because yeah. they've not only gone through the, I mean, reason she should totally hate him, but also through another side of that where he um, overcame the same abuser, you know? And so I think that's yeah. kind of what- Helped her escape. Helped her escape. Yeah. Um, but before that, you know, he totally screwed over Winterfell and, and all that. But I mean- there's been kind of like this full circle, and I think that's you know her being um, him helping her escape, and that's a I think a very character driving moment in her life. That horror, mm-hmm. um, him saving her, I think, and also kind of overcoming himself a little bit, um, like helping save her. Well, yeah, I mean, like she did a lot of throwing her over there. the wall. <laughs> so yeah, but I mean that, <laughs> that's a lot of work. Yeah, um, but you know what I mean. Like that's I yeah. think that's what draws them together. You know, shared um, trauma. I also think Brienne's gonna die. It really bums me out. But really? Yeah. It's uh, she's. It's gonna happen. Either either her or Jamie are gonna die in this next episode. It has to be one or both of them. Okay. Let, let me go back to Jamie. Remind me the the guy that's essentially her squire, Podrick. Podrick. I see. I think he's Pod. Going. I actually think Pod might make it. Really? Yeah. I think he's. He's good at using a sword finally. He's freaking super senior. He's been a squire the entire show. I know, but still. So, so Nick yeah. is a friend of the pod. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're a friend of the pod. Um, okay, so now, is that, is that does that exhaust your list of uh, Yeah, that's all I wrote down. Yeah. So here's the thing about probably Jamie. probably more, but. And if I was smarter, I would have pulled the line. Uh, maybe I can pull it, and later on, we can just edit in right here. No, we're not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> so the... Uh, the whole thing of Bran talking to Jamie and the tree and basically saying, hey, um, you know, I was a jerk back then. I'm not the same now. Or you're not mad at me. Or are you mad at me? And it's like, I don't feel anger. And that, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. There was a moment when he was talking and um, basically said, you know, why didn't you tell them, like, about me in that, in that room? Yeah, what he did. Exactly. And he says, well, if I did that, you couldn't be here. Like there was almost this point that you can read into it saying, well, in the grand scheme of everything, like your chess piece needs to be in place here. Yeah. And it kind of brings me back to all those prophecies about the, the the great one who's supposed to arise. Maybe they have a hand or no hand. You know, if we've seen like the on the cave paintings. Um, uh, Interesting. I am I'm losing all the words in my mind. So Daenerys's castle, where they you know landed in, in yeah the ca- the the cave drawings exactly. on Dragonstone. Yeah, one of the theories is you're looking at this guy that's being prophesied to come up and save everybody again. He only has one hand, and so um or has a metal hand or something like that. So it kind of makes me think that maybe Bran is kind of setting Jamie up for something and kind of feeds into that prophecy thing again. So we, yeah. do we think that Jamie. Can you I don't can you bring us up on that? I don't think that he's uh, the prince who was promised, right. or the last hero, or Azor Ahai, okay. or any of those. Although he does check a lot of boxes for those theories. That's that's okay. that's been a really popular theory for a while. Um, the other leading theory for him is called the Valencar prophecy. Okay, uh, Valencar being uh, High Valyrian for little brother. This is something that was 
uh, told to Cersei by a seer, and it's actually a line that they cut from the show. Um, I believe it was like season four, cold open. We see young Cersei go into the forest and like talk to this like yeah. forest witch, basically. And she tells her all these things, like you'll have three children. Uh, gold will be their hair. Gold will be their shrouds. She had three blonde children. They all died. Um, and the part that they cut was the part about how uh, the Valonqar would kill her. I think that that's the prophecy that keeps Jamie around. Eventually, she will. He will finally see Cersei as the monster that she is and be the one who kills her. Interesting. Yeah, that's why I think that that Tyrion line about um, you always saw exactly what she was and loved her anyway was really key to playing into that prophecy for me. Which is why it was a toss-up going into this episode whether I thought that Jamie or Brienne was going to die at the Battle of Winterfell. Now I'm full in on Brienne, and then Jamie makes it through and. Is okay. the one to kill Cersei. So going back to though, what about that prince that was promised thing? Are we thinking that's going to actually play into the storyline? Yeah, all? it's John. You think it's John? Yeah, John. Okay. John is the song of ice and fire. He's the prince who was promised. He he was risen from the dead. Okay. He's like he's a he's a mystical figure. He's a dragon rider. He's a warg. Um, he's got that the the special relationship with ghosts. Uh, he can warg into ghosts and have wolf dreams. He's an incredibly magical person. Like he is the prince who was promised, okay. and he's so dreamy. I have to say, <laughs> he's got that badass scar now. <laughs> that wavy hair and those just limpet pools for eyes. Exactly. Uh, did you have any other theories you wanted to? No, those with? were the two ones that I really wanted to to get through. Half because I totally had forgotten everything about the prince that was promised, and just wanted you to tell me. <laughs> so you're welcome. <laughs> that is perfect. And then the crypt thing, because the crypt thing. You're right. They mention it too much. They point to it so much. They tease yeah. it. This guy raises people from the dead. I, I don't know. That that just seems to be a little bit too much of like pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't quite as subtle as the Shireen thing, like you were saying. Um, let's get to some unanswered questions from this episode. Brand's motivation. Is his motivation now that he just needs to make certain things happen? for the history of things, or is he actually rooting for the army of the living? I, I can't tell because there are certain things that I feel like he would be doing differently if he were all in on the mission of we need to win this fight. I don't think he's trying to win the fight, really. So I'll just go back to my previous statement because the only indication that he has any sort of motivation is that, you know, if I would have said something, then Jamie, you couldn't be here, you know. Mm. I still have no I have no idea how to read that guy. I have no idea how to read anything that he does. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea what the point of him is but at this point other ben, than to creep people out. Wasn't it his idea to do like the whole garden trap scheme? Yeah, which seems peculiar, that was like right? His idea. But he also admitted that he doesn't know if Dragonfire can kill the Night King. So why right. is he down with this plan? He's just is he trying to get another dragon yeah. killed? I think that that might be it. Uh what does that mean? I think that I so, mean, what does a dragon being killed mean? I know what like the it would words mean, mean but... basically like they're having a dragon is like having nukes. Right. It's like the only weapon of mass destruction in this world. The one right. battle we've it, kind of really seen with him, it looked a lot like napalm just going Yeah. yeah. You can just annihilate any army if right. you have a capable dragon. So there are only two left in the hands of the army of the living. Uh Drogon and Rhaegal. Uh Danny rides Drogon. Kind of the biggest of the dragons and the one that we've seen in action the most. He's definitely mm-hmm. the most battle tested. John has ridden Rhaegal last episode. And this is actually one of my unanswered questions as well. Like how good of a dragon rider he is because a lot of this plan 
seems to hinge on him and Danny like swooping in with dragons and killing right. the Night King somehow, which makes me think that there wasn't nearly enough preparation going into this thing, and Bran knows that a few more terrible things are going to happen before they actually beat the Night King. So can he see the future too? It's unclear. Hmm. Very cryptic. So it's, in one yeah, in one scenario, different. he's he's just somebody that is just in it with everybody else and might not know. In another scenario, he's kind of like Doctor Strange and you know can see all like what's happening. This is what has to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is the end game for him, right? Um, I just thought of something really random, and it's not like in line with our schedule or anything like that. But <laughs> hit me. You brought up this this whole thing about you talking about um under the crypts or somebody's under Winfell. The the tree uh, is there. This uh, what, what's it called again? The weirwood tree. The yeah. weirwood tree. Um, the other one that we've seen that's like that, that's way north of the wall. That was you know like the dying tree where the other three eyed raven was had this whole room and hallways and everything underneath it. Uh-huh. Do we feel like there's anything like that under Winterfell? Yes. Okay. So uh, way back in season one. Uh, Maester Lewin, the the original Maester that we meet on the show, who's the Maester at Winterfell, tells Theon after he takes Winterfell that he could just escape if he wanted to. There's there's secret ways out of there. It's a super old castle. There had to have been escape routes just in case something terrible happened and we needed to get uh, whoever the, the Lord of Winterfell was out of there without going through one of the gates. So there is a way somehow to get in and out of the castle and that could very well be that tree thing, because yeah, that's essentially what we saw. Yeah, with maybe Odor. it is through the godswood. It it might be. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Um, okay. Also, those trees; those aren't the only two of those trees. They used to cover the entire continent, and mm-hmm. then uh, the first men came in, and they started cutting them down. And then they got into a war with the children of the forest, who were trying to protect them, uh, because they're the trees are basically what give the three eyed raven power. Like that's mm. how they can. That's how they're able to see history. Um, and then more waves of men, the Andals, who were more like the Lannister type people and people like that came in and cut down more and more of them. So there's barely any of them in the southern part of the continent, and most of them are up north, and there should be plenty of them beyond the wall. Okay. So there's not just two of them. Okay. Uh, the only unanswered questions that I feel that are that are here um, were the blatant in-your-face ones, um, and they're all with Daenerys, that she's hanging out there with Sansa, what about the North? We won't bow to anybody else again. She pulls her hand away, and they just get interrupted. She's talking with John. He says, oh, by the way, you're my aunt. I might have a claim to this throne thing that's going on. And she's like, uh, uh, and then they conveniently get interrupted. Yeah. You know, um, those are the, I think the fate of the North is the big unanswered question that's going to be hanging. And what her whole, like she said, her objective is grab the Iron Throne. Does that include basically making the North submit again? Um, in a past episode, uh, Yara Greyjoy, when she was offering up the Iron Fleet to Danny, asked if the Iron Islands could be sovereign, yeah. basically, after she took the throne. And Danny said, okay. Tyrion thought it was a terrible idea because what if everyone has to do that? Right. And here they are asking if they can do that up north. So she, I imagine she doesn't want to give up the largest of the Seven Kingdoms. Uh, in terms of landmass, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, once they win this thing, who knows what happens after that? Yeah. It's hard to tell. I also had a uh, an unanswered question of why we haven't seen any dragons in any of the previews for the Battle of Winterfell. They're bound to play a role, and we haven't seen Viserion this entire season. 
I Where think, is that ice dragon? Yeah, but I think they're they're really playing those cards close to their chest. I mean, for yeah. not just the episode, like the whole season. I think they're keeping a lot real secret, and they want to give away as little as possible. Because I mean, like even just people watching it on the East Coast before like West Coast folks get it, unless you have an app like I do, um, <laughs> they can get it. Uh, like they it post to HBO Go at six o'clock. I know West Coast. <laughs> yeah. Which, as I found out, I can Chromecast off my phone. So nice. Um, yeah. Congrats. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, which is so much more uh, convenient than watching it at a bar, which I complained about last episode. <laughs> did any you other... have any? Uh, did you have any quibbles with this episode? I had two. I didn't I wrote down. I didn't really have much uh, actually of any quibbles. Like I said, I feel like this was just an episode for the fans to check in with each and every character maybe give that little nugget of like hey this is the information we need moving forward but for the most part i felt it was a little light but you have a couple quibble i have ben, a couple did you I have any quibbles that ben you really wanted too. to uh and what you have a problem with one quibble and one unanswered question Ooh, quibble first mm-hmm. all their weapons are made of glass and that's dumb very brittle Right, they seem very brittle. I'm worried about like, them just breaking, and then like, what are they? Right. How are like, they going to continue? Oh, he chopped to fight? into some wood with it. Great, wood is softer than glass. You know what's not softer than glass? Almost everything else. Yeah. Rocks. <laughs> Rocks. <laughs> like all metal. Yeah, no, I'm ever. I'm very worried about those weapons. Yeah, I don't trust them. One unanswered question: Who are these people, and what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> don't answer that. But uh, yeah, mostly the glass thing. Like, um, I've been wondering about that as well this entire time, and it felt risky. very lazy that they literally had one line of dialogue, just hand waving, like, "Don't worry yeah, about the weapons; they'll be fine." Dragon glass. Arr. Everyone's it, a pirate. The, the, so, I mean, they, look at they're dra- using the dragon glass because it's the only thing that can kill the uh, the White Walkers. Well, there's a couple other things like Valyrian steel, but it's the material that they have the most of that is actually effective killing these things. Right. You can hack away at them with a traditional weapon, but that will take much more effort mm-hmm. than the the magic behind the dragon glass. But I agree with you. It seems like an incredibly brittle material. How do you continue to fight with this thing right. for an extended amount of time when Make it's probably it going to chip heads. away? And like, okay, well, that's the thing. Uh, they have some of those. Yeah. Yeah. They have some of those. I don't know if this is just the rock you can nerd make in me. Very soft arrowheads. Okay. There's and three ways they that you use once, like obsidian. Yeah, great for arrowheads. Terrible for sword. That's okay. Blades. That's yep. exactly where I was going Completely with this. Agree. One, the three ways to kill them is, like you said, Valyrian steel, this dragon glass, which looks like obsidian to me, and it is. Uh, or burning thing. them. Is that what it is? It's same obsidian. Thing, okay, yeah. so obsidian uh, fractures. That's why you get sharp edges with mm-hmm. it. That's why they used it for things like arrowheads and things like that. But it looked to me like they were melting it or something like that. In that, yeah, like, I'm un. So I wasn't sure if it was on like the metal working. Of how they're doing that, right? It's mm. it, the hey, all of the weapon metal. making with the dragon glass is very like hand wavy. Like, don't worry about it. We made yeah, yeah. cool shit. Like, we, it might it might tie this rock me. to a stick. Go fight. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good but I mean, it could us. work in that in that way that you know these are corpses, so just poking them with it is might be all that you need. But obsidian does fracture pretty easily. In, in that have, respect, have they teased what armaments these corpses are? Uh, Rolling with what what they fell with is what they rise with essentially. So okay. pretty much. Yeah. So some of them are holding like anything from sticks to nothing to like bronze swords to if it was a former Night's Watch, they might actually have Castle Forge steel mm. that they're still waving around at people. But oh, a lot of them are just some cases, unarmed. Unicorn horns. 
<laughs> or the unseen unicorn horns. Yeah. Okay. Man, well, it, it's, it's good to know that, that there's crypt. like a bunch of them that just don't have anything. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I yeah, was a peasant farmer. A little, but you can cut off their had... leg and they'll still come at you. Like, yeah. yeah. They'll just right. keep coming. You can cut off a hand and the hand will try to choke you while the rest of the body yeah. is still trying to kill you. I mean, you've seen a zombie movie. Yeah. We're, this is just <laughs> Army of Darkness. It still. kind of is, yeah. Actually, and, and I, I will throw a little bit of this there. Looking at the moat and everything that they're setting up also makes me think it's a little bit Beastmaster where they can like uh, get like a moat of tar and just set that on fire when they come up. So I'm assuming something like that. Oh, yeah, fire it. also does it. Still. Yeah. Fire kills them. Army of Darkness did okay. all of these things. Army of Beastmaster. Yeah, maybe I should watch that before this coming episode. Yes, you should. <laughs> um, my two quibbles... We finally saw Ghost for the first time since season six. So briefly. So and, like and they don't three even... years ago, real time, we yeah. haven't seen this character who was a major character to the development of John and like basically his best friend for a couple seasons. Are we sure it's not just some other lookalike dog? It can't that's... be a lookalike dog. It has to be Ghost. <laughs> like, there's no other dogs that look like that that are that large. But they don't interact with him at all. They clearly just, just like pasted him in after they shot the scene. They're like, there. we got to get the we got to get this dog in here. People keep on yelling at us on Twitter. And uh, that sucked. But that said, my other quibble is that I wish we just had, I wish we had more time. I wish we had more episodes like this mm-hmm. where it's just these characters paying off just years of development and having great conversations with each other. We, there's just not enough time left. Yeah. Sucks. I'm going to miss it. Now we're just somber. I know. Yeah. That's all I had. I like to, uh, what's about Maisie Williams or... Me from Doctor Who, uh, <laughs> calling calling the two crusty old bastards crusty old bastards. That was very. Oh yeah, that was great. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. That scene. was fun. She was like, "I'm hanging out with you," and then some other dude shows up and he's like, "Oh, I'm hanging out with you too. I'm out. You guys suck. <laughs> this isn't fun anymore." And they just like hung around on on the wall, being mad, sad old dudes together, drinking wine. Yeah, That's the way more, to do it, more hangovers. Just a bag of wine. <laughs> yeah, I think that the next episode is basically everybody's going to show up. They're going to wake up. They're going to throw up, and then they're going to lose that battle because they can't. They can't even swing a sword straight. Yeah, they're going to be rally. like, "Oh, my head hurts." I'm I'm blind in one eye right now. Yeah, I can't see anything. Well, that one guy <laughs> is blind in one eye. So. He right. doesn't even have an eye. Yeah, so he does. He doesn't have one to spare. Right. I'm blind in my other eye, which is <laughs> my eye. <laughs> All right, well, Ben, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank um, you. Yeah, thanks thank for you having for, me, dude. Thank you for giving us a perspective that we don't often have on this show, which is uh, <laughs> a, a Thrones. Happy to be the guest noob. But yeah, I like Thrones how noob. that we had go. references yeah. I was looking for the word for Bruce Campbell. We had references for Doctor Who. I know. Like, I'm. I am. Star Wars. Theory was surprisingly spot on. I'm a big nerd. <laughs> I'm just not a not a Game of Thrones nerd. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Absolutely. And now, as mentioned at the start of this podcast. Nick and I were on Cairo Nights with G. Scott and Aaron Mason having a conversation about Avengers Endgame, which is anticipated to be one of the most successful films in the history of film. Uh, Some folks aren't excited about it. They have Avengers fatigue. Some folks, like me, are probably included in all the hype. So, once again, this is Nick and I on Cairo Nights with G. Scott and Aaron Mason. Welcome back here to Cairo Nights. I'm G. Scott. That's Aaron Mason. 
Happy Wednesday to all of you. If you guys want to text the show, the Online Trading Academy text line is 989-73. Oh, do we have a studio full right now because there is a big movie that's coming out tonight. Uh, well, it comes out tomorrow, actually. Tonight. Uh, is it tonight? Yeah, yep. it's tonight in some places. Uh, it's uh, The Avengers Endgame, a Marvel movie that's happening, right? And it's such a big deal that even though I don't care about it <laughs> at all, but truth is, it has even gotten to my household. And so I felt like we need to talk about this. So I brought in some nerds. Well, actually, they are nerds. Well, they have a show, um, Northwest Nerds podcast that they do. Dyer Oxley and uh, Nick, what's your last name, bro? Jarin. Jarin. Nick Jarin. What's up, man? I'm so happy to be here and to be part of, like, this this cast that we've assembled here yeah. is growing to Avengers. <laughs> oh, boy. This, is a, great. this is a herd of nerds. <laughs> oh, a herd boy. of nerds. This All is right. an infinity gauntlet of guests you have. Oh. <laughs> All right, Frank Shires is here. All right, let's get right to it. First of all, um, it's it's open in China, right? And there's been reviews. Who wants to start first? What are they saying about it? Is it good? I feel is like this Frank is has be his it? finger on the pulse of it's this easy. the most, I right? St- I started watching for reviews three days ago before they were even posted. It's uh, It's got something like, well, 97, 98% at Rotten Tomatoes. It's uh, the top critics love it. Basically, everybody, everybody says very satisfying conclusion to the story, which started with uh, Avengers Infinity War, and and lots of character moments. It's not all about superheroes fighting. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more about character interactions and, and making you as an audience member care about these beloved characters and, and their fates, and that's pretty cool. Can you, guys, uh, can you guys answer something for me? Like, why is this such a big deal? So this this is what popped into my mind when G just said, I don't care about it. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the deal. Even when the, I don't care about the Super Bowl, but I know when the Super Bowl hits, I'm not going to the grocery store that day, mm-hmm. okay? Because everybody else is going to be there. Imagine that for nerds, a... 11-year football season has been going on, and we are just now, finally, heading to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what this is. I, and I, I, I know I already said this to Nick earlier, so I'm sorry for repeating myself, but if you were 10 years old and you grew up with this stuff, you were 10 years old when Iron Man came out, mm. 2008, all right, and you have grown up with this and you have watched this, you could go to Endgame this week and celebrate with a beer. That is how long. <laughs> or a glass of champagne. <laughs> or a glass of champagne. Um, that is how long this has been incorporated into the lives of a very specific generation. It's like the Marvel generation. Mm. 21 films. This will be the 22nd. Nothing like this has ever been performed, I think, in cinematic history where you have gone over that many films and can, you know, can constructed a narrative that weaves throughout every single one of them that will culminate 11 years later with the same cast. And for somebody like me, that you know, you've been a, a fan of Marvel comics long before they started making movies, to see those characters treated with such respect and with such joy and to have people connect with them so much and love them so much, and then you have this huge movie, probably going to be the biggest movie of all time, it's just mind-blowing. Right. It's not even out yet, and it's already setting records, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. It broke yeah. pre-sale yeah. records. It might mm-hmm. have an opening weekend of over 300 
hundred million dollars just <laughs> next actually, opening weekend. It, it, over, over opening weekend worldwide, it's expected to make over nine hundred million dollars. Oh, it could hit a billion globally, about three hundred million. I, I wrote notes down. <laughs> uh, Fandango already says that it has four thousand showings sold out just domestically in the United States. Ooh. The the big record that I actually think is going to be interesting is not opening weekend, but there's a rare few uh, movies that have sped to one billion worldwide, and they think this is going to shatter that record by maybe four days and doing that in less than a week. One billion, less than a week. Gosh. Well, Fandango and them already got my money. (laughs) (laughs) Got mine, too. (laughs) Well, it it got my money. You know, I don't really uh, care about all this, Mace, but... uh, my youngest son. This is a big deal to him. My older son, he doesn't care. Yeah. But my youngest son is like, hey, dad. And so I got him set up. He's 6 o'clock IMAX. He's already got it oh, reserved wow. seating. Really? Nice. Uh, is this Friday uh, night? Friday, 6 o'clock. He's got, his, uh, he's got money. He's got cash already. He's going to treat himself to food. Yeah. Uh, he's going to take an Uber. Oh, he's wow. going to go by himself wow. and go oh, check it out. Wow. Big deal. Yeah, this is a big deal for him. It's a, awesome. Because his brother doesn't care and dad's got to work. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, Get out of the house. Here's a toy. Yeah, but, but like I said, it's, it's going to be pretty cool for him. But I will say, what's the importance of uh, seeing it? opening weekend because it's going to seem like a lot of people are going to be telling about so stuff. So the, the third Avengers movie, Infinity War, which was the previous like record holder for all right. of these box office marks that we're talking about, ended in a huge cliffhanger and without giving it away, we go into the fourth installment not knowing who's alive or not. Hmm. For a lot of the characters, mm-hmm. like a staggering number of the characters. After a year, don't you? Alive. Can't we give it away? I mean, it's been a year. I mean, isn't it fair to say... No, I don't care. G we know. G, do you want to know? G no. doesn't know okay. yet. Right. <laughs> I'll fill G in. It's off know. the air. Wait. It'll be <laughs> is Black Panther going to be there tomorrow? Uh, That's the thing. We don't know. We don't Let, know. Well, yeah, we do. And we can say this. Not at the start of the movie, he's not. Mm. See, that's the kind of stuff I'm staying away from. Do, do, yeah. do, do. Right. Okay, here. Uh, how about parents right now? And by the way, we're joined here by uh, Nick Jarrett and Dyer Oxley and Frank Shires here to talk about uh, Endgame. Uh, is it Avengers? Endgame? Avengers. Avengers. Endgame. Yeah. So it's all. They all sound the same. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. It's not the end of anything. Like they're gonna keep on making these. Oh movies. yeah. Where they're yeah. gonna not if, make any more money. In fact, I read things. some rumor that the next Spider-Man film is actually where they tie up all the endings out of Endgame. Okay. No, don't. They're already pushing the, no, 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 you got to watch the next one. The yeah. next one. So, is the- so th- there's some folks out there that are like me, right? Okay. Um, that they haven't been keeping up with everything. Sure. Can they go? this weekend and see this and be all right? This is one of my biggest sticking points with this movie is that no, they shouldn't go. Honestly, they won't get nearly as much out of this movie as the people who have done the homework of watching 21 other movies. Uh, That's one of my core problems with this entire franchise is that they demand the homework. And sometimes I don't want to do the homework. You never now. like doing homework. Now. I never do. <laughs> it's it's like on. going to Return of the Jedi without watching those two other Star Wars films. Yeah. It it oh I, I would now say, I, now that got me because <laughs> I was because I was there. I, I was I, I was there when Return of the Jedi came out. I was there at twelve o'clock in the morning with my dad. Mm. Uh, yeah, you seen right. the first two, and I had already seen the first two. Yeah, there you go. It, so for me, these Marvel movies, and I've seen most of them. I haven't seen all of them, but if, for me, it's it's kind of like how I do sports, where I don't I don't f- 
know the background of all the individual players. I don't know what colleges they went to. I don't really keep up during the week. But when it's game time, I'll sit down and watch a game and get a lot out of it. Right. Not as much as somebody who knows everything about the players in the team, but it's still enough for me to get. And I would say that for in my experience, for the most part, Marvel movies have been basically the same way that there's they're designed in a way that you can sort of take them at face value if you don't really know what's going on. And it's still going to be entertaining. It's still going to be fun. But there are definitely parts multiple times in every movie that I've seen where somebody shows up and half the crowd reacts yeah. and I have no idea who that is or what they're right. doing there. Right. So you definitely miss out on some stuff. But for the most part, it's been a pretty enjoyable experience. I think that's that's a good way to put it. There is a line, and I think Marvel has done this very, very well, uh, in that if you're really a nerd, if you're really into the comic books, you're going to cheer for that kind of stuff. Right. But you're not really missing out by not knowing, oh, that person shows If you're watching Captain Marvel and... You, you know every single character that shows up in there and that maybe that mm-hmm. the daughter in Captain Marvel will end up being the next Captain Marvel. You know, like that's not going to miss out anything for you. Um, and I know people have done exactly what you're talking about. They've gone through to do all 21 films ahead of this movie. I'm not going to. I don't, I, I don't need to watch Thor. And this yeah. one again, again. Yeah. <laughs> and this is is this the longest Marvel movie? Yeah. Easily. Yeah. yeah. Three yeah. hours. Actually, three hours and change. Yeah. Three hours. Yeah. Yeah, three hours. Could you imagine not doing your homework or studying and having a three-hour test? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's called college. <laughs> My goodness. The sun's not coming home till midnight. I would say, to answer just into, into summation of what that question what you had out there, I would say if you do want to see this movie, maybe go see Infinity War, because that is essentially, they filmed these two films together. They did. So that is kind of an important piece to understand, and I think you can get away with just watching that. So if I, so let's just say tonight. Tonight I go ahead because it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's on Netflix and chill. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, let's say that I watch Infinity War tonight. Right. I'm good by just doing that and then yeah, watch probably. it. I think you get away with it. Honestly, I think Nick, Nick doesn't like that. I think that you have to watch a couple of the Captain America movies as well. I you see. I, watch, I just wanted maybe, to say at maybe least one maybe Iron Captain. Man. Well, Captain America: Civil War is sort of Avengers. I've seen the Iron Man's three point yeah. five. Okay. Yeah. See, I was going to say yeah, Black okay. Panther. Because I, I he think he saw Black Panther. Maybe well, even Guardians one. Then you're okay. so, I think you're saying <laughs> we're you already we're already like six deep. Of course, I've seen Black Panther in the, in the movie. So do you think? But that's that's part of what makes this very special, right? Is the incredible amount of payoff for the incredible right, right. amount yes. of dedication. And that is, like, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. You remember how everybody freaked out about certain big TV show finales because you've been with these characters for so long. <laughs> right. That's yeah. the advantage that this film franchise has where they've they've basically had like a Ross and Rachel thing mm-hmm. for 11 <laughs> right. years. Yep. Now we get to find out if they're going to be together or not. I'm sorry, I've never watched the end of Friends. No, probably so I'm a little lost there in my analogy. <laughs> they they, they okay. do. It stands. They do get probably, together. Spoilers probably die. the last time we had something like this in, in movies would be the end of the Harry Potter movies or the end of the Lord of the Rings movies. In both mm-hmm. cases, you had people hanging around for a year waiting to see. Well, you know, and what they're th- all billion-dollar franchises. Huge, huge. Then, then I didn't miss nothing then. Because <laughs> no. I wasn't around for Harry I, Potter. I, I wasn't around just, for Lord of the Rings. And you know what? And, and the only can, can I, let me be honest. By the way, Nesta Northwest Nerds is hanging out with us. They have a podcast you, you should listen to. It's pretty cool. It's really great. Uh, it's, great. it's really Thank cool. Um, the only reason why I have FOMO, right? I have fear of missing out. And I'm always the person when everybody else is doing something and thinking something's cool, 
I want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And right. that's what my problem is right now. That's I good. want to be a part of it. And it really sucks that I'm not going into this weekend excited like all of you. Well, I don't know about you, Mace. I'm pretty excited. Actually, I'll, I'll miss it this weekend, but wait, you're not I might catch it, it during the week or something. You're not alone, G, because there's a division on Northwest Nerd. Because I am stoked to see this. <sighs> I am going to go... And have that infinity war with my bladder and watch this three hour. <laughs> uh, Nick, I'll let him speak for himself. He, he does not agree with this. Me is this is tragic. Wait, I don't wait have so a you're, you're going to see it soon? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sunday. And, and, and Nick, you're not going to see it? I might not see it this weekend. I don't know you. Are you oh, going I to might, see it I at might, all? I might like, yeah. have a moment of weakness where I'm like, all right, I'm not doing anything this afternoon. I'll go see it. <laughs> but as of right now, I have no plans to watch it this weekend because I have. I have Avengers fatigue going into this thing. Yeah, it's been so hyped to the point that I I don't I'm tired of Thanos. He's not even that good of a villain. <laughs> like his motivation oh, yes, makes no sense. Yes, he is. And if you put I it like to even Nick. like a little bit, just a little bit of philosophical scrutiny, it all falls apart. Is and it, the fact that this entire thing that people are freaking out about this in particular, this story being the one that everyone's going to go see. It's kind of a bummer because honestly, the best Marvel movie is Guardians of the Galaxy. The stakes are low. Hmm. You can go in without knowing who anyone is, and you have a great time. I like Nick. That's a solid, <laughs> that's a solid point. I like Nick. Yeah, Nick's good people. It, yeah, I, I mean, th- that's the thing about this. Is there a possibility, Frank Shires, that this could be overhyped? Is there a possibility that when, when everybody starts coming away with this, like I know right now it's 97% yeah, on Rotten Tomatoes, sure. and is there a possibility on Monday or Tuesday you're going to be having some arguments here in uh, the newsroom where somebody's going to be like, yeah, Frank, I don't Well, I mean, know. we'll always have those kinds of arguments because we're nerds. But, <laughs> but putting that aside for a second, I went back and watched uh, Infinity War last weekend, and I just sat and watched it really <laughs> intensely and carefully. And in realizing that what we're about to see is was shot at the same time, that it is the same story. If if the brothers Russo give the same amount of attention to the character, directors. the directors mm-hmm. to to character, to the feelings, if, if there's the payoff for the audience. Right. And I think all those things are there based on what the critics are saying. No, I, I think 90 5% of the people that see this movie, even if they don't know all about it, are going to come out very moved and very satisfied because it services, all the, everybody says it services every group that cares about mm, this set of characters. Not every group. If you're, if Black Panther is your favorite, you come away from Infinity War being very disappointed. <laughs> oh, you, have you seen it? Yes. Oh, are you no, in, Infinity, in, War. Infinity War? Infinity yeah. War. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm I'm talking it's like about, they I'm forgot talking. who he is. I, I'm with <laughs> He's good at I'm with you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so because everybody was trying to tell me that Infinity War was better than Black Panther. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. 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 It's just different. It's different. No. Actually, and Black Panther is in Infinity War big time. It's a really important part of the movie. It's a, well, I would actually argue that my favorite of the Marvel films aren't any Avenger movies at all. Like, I think uh, Captain America Winter Soldier is tops my list. Black Panther is definitely on top of my list. Uh, I probably even throw Captain Marvel even up there as top of my list over the Avenger films. Um, the, the thing that I think is the other side of this coin that might be the reason for the hype is there's this backstory in our reality of Marvel getting so frustrated with the with Hollywood, ruining their their stories with these films. Mm-hmm. You, know, you notice they remade a lot of these films. Eventually, Marvel just said, we're making our own studio. Forget you. We're doing it ourselves. 
now it's 11 years later and we've essentially had what you know star wars did for its generation we now have marvel doing for this generation this is like a marvel generation and they did it because they they turned their back on hollywood and said we're doing it ourselves and that's what we it's like this kind of like a little guy yeah, and, they, and remember they did this. <laughs> like, they yeah. did this on the heels of almost going bankrupt. Yeah. The important thing about Marvel that most people don't remember or even know. Yeah, so, so, I, so they, they they were offered to be purchased by somebody. Well, so they we'll, got, tur- they, we'll turn them down. Oh my God! There was a there was a, a promo, not promoter. Um, one of the big. You know, Didn't Disney buy Marvel for Disney like on the cheap after? After Iron Man, the, after the first Iron yeah, Man movie, yep. wildly successful, yeah. and Disney kind of started sniffing around, going, "Oh, this looks this is kind of like a Pixar. This looks mm. kind of good, tasty." So, <laughs> um, what are, what are you guys going to be wearing to see it? Did you just wear oh. regular clothes? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. This I mean, is how often a cosplay here? Because <laughs> so one of the things that Northwest Nerd has done in the past is host cosplay contests, costume uh, play contests. And people also ask friends. us what we wear to those. And I'm like, I'm going to wear my Northwest Nerd logo yeah. T-shirt so that people know who I am. <laughs> uh, we don't really dress up for stuff. I, I The only thing I do anything like this is I wear my Star Trek T-shirts to Star oh, Wars gosh. movies. But <laughs> he's that dude. Um, he's that guy. Yeah. But awesome. I, yeah, I don't. I don't cosplay. I have cosplayers that want me to, just because I say I don't cosplay. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I'll probably wear like a Northwest Nerd T-shirt and promote. I'm going to go cosplay. I'm going to wear a really funky-looking hat, a great big watch, a real colorful pair of shoes, and a name tag that says G. Scott. Yeah. And I'm going. I'm going to be there, and it'll be great. Don't, don't, don't mess up my reputation. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Thank you. NW Nerds, Frank Shires. I'm G. Scott. That's Aaron Mason. Coming up next is time for Mason's Stories. You listen to Coward Nights. That's all we have for this week. Thank you again to Ben, and thank you as always to the Hoot Hoots for our theme music. And thank you also to Steve Onatera, a.k.a. Samurai Guitarist, for our special Thrones theme this week. We will be back next week with another Thrones-centric episode and another guest to help us along the way. So with that, see you next week, nerds. Oh, do I have to say the thing? Yeah, say it again. All men must podcast. you got to give me a better delivery than that. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>